This episode of We're Getting a Dog contains descriptions of violence towards pets and other animals that some listeners may find offensive. In order to keep our podcast historically and factually accurate, we have chosen to include these descriptions to provide a better understanding of the breed that we're presenting. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of We're Getting a Dog. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to season, or not season five, season four, <laughs> I mean, episode five episode of the season. five. <laughs> How are we doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing just good. We had a great week just behind us. We had some family come to town. And yeah. Had a lot had of a... fun with tourist things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Finally went to the Art Institute. First yeah, time. Yeah, it was your first time. I was amazed it was your first time. I could have swore you'd done that one, like when you first moved here. Yeah, no. Yeah, just went to the Field Museum, really. But yeah, the Art Institute's just amazing. Love it, yeah. (laughs) I like the Impressionism section. That's my personal favorite. Yeah, mine too. Especially Monet. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But no, I had a great time, yeah. Yeah. Because we had such a busy weekend, I picked a bit more of an obscure breed. Ooh. (laughs) Less of a history to research. Are are we due for a rare breed alert then (laughs) for this breed? Rare breed alert. (laughs) Rare breed alert. I did. I have walked this breed before, though. Yes. The Kuvas. Yes. I met a Kuvas. Uh, used to be a show dog, actually. Yeah, Had a I bunch of awards this. and uh, some runner-up <laughs> ribbons. Splash, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, just walked for out of a retirement home. Very strange nice. in yeah. the pandemic, but yeah, for sure. It was a very. It was interesting whenever I would get Snapchats of the dog because it, it looked like it had like a halo around it, even at <laughs> night. So white and bright. Mm-hmm. So essentially, Kuvas are big, white, fluffy dogs. They're uh, I've, okay. I, I feel like we're already appealing to the masses. Then <laughs> everyone loves them. Twenty-six to thirty inches tall at the withers, uh, seventy to one hundred fifteen pounds. Ooh, these are some big dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The males can get yeah, especially big for sure. The AKC standard uh, says this for the general appearance: a working dog of larger size, sturdily built, well balanced. Neither lanky nor cobby, white in color with no markings, medium boned, well muscled, without the slightest hint of bulkiness or lethargy. Impresses the eye with strength and activity combined with light footedness. Moves freely on strong legs. What was the first thing you said about them? Um, working. Neither lanky nor cobby. Cobby, that's what it was. <laughs> what does cobby mean? I don't know, actually. I figured it meant the opposite of lanky, like stubby. Okay, so for horses, dogs, and other animals, shortish and thick-set or stocky. Now into the AKC's temperament description. A spirited dog of keen intelligence, determination, courage, and curiosity. Very sensitive to praise and blame. Primarily a one-family dog, devoted, gentle, and patient without being overly demonstrative. Always ready to protect loved ones, even to the point of self-sacrifice. Extremely strong instinct to protect children. Polite to accepted strangers, but rather suspicious and very discriminating in making new friends. Hmm. From what I remember from the from Splash, she was definitely friendly with everyone. Like throughout the building, she wanted to say hi to everyone. Right. And super friendly. And then when the owners would go to hand off the dog to me, she would never leave them. Ah. <laughs> like as long as I walked her, she would yeah you know, just just did not want to leave the side of her owners. For sure. For sure. It was always an ordeal. 
And I eventually had to realize she always wanted to walk on the left side. It took me a little while to realize that. I wonder if that was a show tactic, though. It's just like yeah, they were so. trained to do it that way. So it makes no sense. It's like, ah. It's like when it's like almost like an OCD habit of someone. It's like, oh, God, you're on the wrong side. Like, yeah. Yeah. A lot of dogs are trained to walk on one side. For sure. A lot of the times, though, I still try to get them to walk in the grass. But <laughs> Splash would not have it. She's mm. always on the left. No, I want to walk on the carved path. <laughs> So the name, uh, the origin is from a misspelling of a Turkish word, kawaz, which means nobility's armed guard. That's a very regal name, I think. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, the history yeah, backs it up. Oh, and a fun fact, the plural, which we may have misused uh, kuvas, the plural already, but the plural is kuvazak. 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 How would you spell that? It's kuvas with OK at the end. Oh, OK. Yeah, I think it's Hungarian. I <laughs> get it. OK. Yeah. Okay. That was I slipped that right in. Okay. There. Oh, okay. Anyway, that's <laughs> back and forth with okay. So that's like Kasan like like case like uh Kasundin, Kasundin, like Kasins, but plural. It's Kasundin. It's oh. not oh, right. Kasins. Yeah. yeah. A bunch of weird language plurals. Kuvazak. That sounds pretty pretty cool. Yeah. Like a Star Trek <clears throat> enemy. It's the Kuvazak. It, or maybe a god, maybe like a demigod of Star Trek. It's the bright, white, fluffy Kuvasak. <laughs> god the Kuvasak of the, have come to save us all. God of the dogs. They're much wiser than the Vulcans. Stupid I, in comparison. Yeah, I never watched Star Trek, so it's never my kind of show. Me either, but <laughs> I don't know. I, I've seen some episodes here and there. Do you want to get into the history of the Kuvas? We have to take a quick break before we do the history. Well, then we'll jump right in after that. All right, here's a message probably for me. We'll be back. Hello, listeners. Wesley here to talk to you a little bit about how you can support this show. For each episode of all of our podcasts here at Arcadia, we spend our own money on books, articles, and other materials so that we can bring you podcasts that are thoroughly researched and fact-checked. All of the hosts and producers of these shows also work full-time jobs in addition to the podcast so that we can support this passion we all share. If you'd like to support us at We're Getting a Dog, as well as the other podcasts in the Arcadia Podcast Network, head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash we're getting a dog, or our website, we're getting a dog.com slash support. For as low as $2 per month, you can get access a day early to every new episode of We're Getting a Dog and other Arcadia Podcast Network shows, such as Coffee's On and Good Food for Bad Friends. And at higher levels, you can get one-of-a-kind swag. Thank you for supporting the Arcadia Podcast Network and for listening to this podcast. Now back to the show. Back to the history of the Kuvazak. The Kuvazak. <laughs> so by 900 AD, routes established by nomadic tribes were being used by Magyars you know, from the Ural Mountains. Man, those were the days, 980. <laughs> to conquer the Carpathian Basin in Hungary. Okay. They brought with them dogs known as Kuasa, which means dog of the horse. These dogs bred with local Hungarian dogs to create the Kuvas. Kuvasak are livestock guardian dogs. They protect the livestock from predators uh, wherever they move or graze. Move to graze. <laughs> livestock guardian dogs are known for being large and muscular like the Great Pyrenees of France. 
Yeah, we've okay. never actually covered a livestock guardian dog in the show. No, we have not. And I'm kind of kicking myself because when I look at the dogs I picked for this season, I was like, oh, I picked lots of the dogs I just think are cute. Just <laughs> <laughs> more and more hounds. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I'll run out of them eventually. And they have an interesting job in the, you know, just protecting the livestock. It's different from, yeah, the shepherds. They drive they, Yeah, them. they don't, yeah. Yeah. They're not herding. Sure, they're just guarding. Yeah, they're to guard. So Kuvasak became known as livestock guardians with great patience and courage. They could watch their flocks for days on end and fight off wolves and rustlers. Rustlers? Like R-U-S-T-L-E-R? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought, you, might, I thought the... you might have said wrestlers at first, <laughs> and I was like, like people just went and wrestled in front. And there's Macho Man Randy Savage off the ropes, <laughs> but the Kuvas <laughs> takes him down. <laughs> Too close to the cows. <laughs> so yeah, wrestlers, people looking to steal the livestock. Sure, yeah. So word about the dog spread around Hungarian noblemen, and by the 15th century, Kuvasak were all over the kingdom. Matthias Corvinus. I said that like it was Latin. So. <laughs> yeah, it sounded very Roman. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how to pronounce it, but sorry. It was king of Hungary from 1458 to 1490, and he trusted his dogs more than his royal guardsmen. It's said that he kept a pair of Kuvasak by his side at all times. Some kings prefer Kuvasak, some kings prefer pugs, like the Dutch. <laughs> I don't know if the pugs are for protection as much. Well, I guess it's for alarms, the but pug you still need the guardsmen then. Protecting, so. <laughs> but no, that makes more sense that a Kuvas would be a royal a royal dog. You gotta have a pug down the hall and then a Kuvas by your side. <laughs> they look trustworthy, so. Yeah, very, very loyal mm-hmm. and protecting. They have like a lab face. Yeah, yeah, very... Yeah, the head is supposed to be known as like the most beautiful part of the Kuvas, the well-proportioned head. I think it's the floofy neck and ears, personally. But <laughs> yeah, the floofy yeah. coat's pretty, really carries it. Yes, definitely. Over the next few centuries, the breed became more popular among Hungarian farmers. Gradually, uh, less wealthy farmers could also afford the Kuvas, and it was no longer just a dog for the nobility. So it became just a big dog all across Hungary for everybody. Sure. That probably mostly people look to protect farms. I feel like that makes sense, though, when you think of like how a dog becomes popular in today's cultures. You know, it gets popular by people who like the affluent essentially get the dog. It's always been that way. You know, like Queen gets it, then the middle, then like the upper class gets it, but then so many puppies are bred, then the middle class and the lower, like everyone gets their hands on it eventually, (laughs) just due to overpopulation of the dog. Yeah, some dogs start as lower class dogs. Oh, and then for the sure. That's true, too. too. I just think that's really interesting <laughs> in a historical perspective. Continue. Yeah, it's cool. So, uh, the first dog show with Kuvasak was in Vienna in 1883. And the first Hungarian standard was written in 1885. And the first Hungarian breed registry was founded in 1905. The Kuvas made its way to America in the 1920s and was recognized by the AKC in 1931, but it would take a few more decades for the breed to really take off in the States. And they're still pretty rare here. Uh, And the AKC's popularity list for 2020, they came in at 177th. Wow, that's way lower than I thought they would be. I thought they'd at least break, like, honestly, the top 100. Yeah, no, that's out of 195. Wow. (laughs) Bottom 20. During World War II, Kuvasak and Hungary were almost completely wiped out. Of course. Yeah, it's a common story. For those of you surprising. new to this show, if this is your first episode, you'll find that World War II sucked for every dog breed on Earth. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty amazing, like, how long of histories so, so many of these breeds have. 
It just goes back centuries and centuries, and it's like then World War Two happened was completely different. Well, which it's it's a weird you know point of reference for history. That's like oh my god, it was really that much different than other war. It really was. I mean, think of it. You know, in terms of just like you're talking about, dogs have been around for centuries. I mean, monuments and churches and yeah. cities, complete cities were destroyed. It really was a war that completely changed what violence probably meant to most of the world. But yeah, no, I think about that too. Every almost every dog breed we'd cu- we've come across, World War II nearly decimates its population somehow. Yeah, unless they're all in America, and then they make it through for the most part. See, so yeah, they were almost completely wiped out. Uh, dogs were probably shot on sight while trying to protect their farms. Yikes. There's some stories of people actually hunting down the dogs. When the war was over, and a factory owner wanted a kuvas to protect his property, he searched all over Hungary and found less than 30 dogs left. Thanks to him, and dedicated to kuvas breeders, the breed was soon repopulated in Hungary. Interest in the breed sparked again after the 1956 Hungarian Revolution, and a revised breed standard was written in 1960. Oh, wow. Okay. So yeah, it made a pretty quick comeback, and that's good. became a symbol of for the country again. It's always, you know, it's also always the people that have such a, a like you said, dedication to the breed. It's, yeah. They always are like, we have to find them. We have to get the people who had this breed before. Yeah, and it's so... Yeah. It's wild how it always comes down to like a handful of people mm-hmm. when breeds almost go extinct. It's like, well, a few people cared to keep it going. And so it did. Well, and it's one of those things, too, where those people were probably very aware that this dog was, you know, a part of Hungarian cultural history. And yeah. what a shame it would be and, you know, devastation when a dog that had been around and made such a difference for hundreds of years is gone you know and it's it's it is you know extinction basically it's like the breed will will go extinct if we don't act and yeah no i think those people are always in history it's always amazing to hear like just how people you know quit their jobs and start breeding clubs and like it's just kind of incredible some of the stories i've read about people who are like yeah i'm going to leave the security of my day job and go buy a farm and breed dogs i'm not (laughs) sure how this factory owner found the time to travel all across hungary searching for that's the thing he probably probably had to leave his life on his own time completely yeah yeah Yeah, i couldn't find any like name it was just i know a story a national purebred dog day.com we love that website they have good articles (laughs) yeah so that's all the history i have for the kuvas oh wow although actually one more historical point i guess i'll throw in is the famous kuvas Ooh, one to mention from Homeward Bound 2, Lost in San Francisco. The movie? <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you Have you seen Homeward Bound? That's the one with the pug and the cat, right? Uh, it's, well, it's like a golden retriever and a cat and some other dog. They get lost. Oh, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking home. of uh, Otis and... Oh, God, the movie with all the animal abuse? Yes. Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. So Milo I have Otis. seen Homeward Bound. Ba- yeah, Milo Notice. Okay, so I do know no, what Homeward Bound is. Homeward Bound is just yeah. incredibly sad movie. <clears throat> of course Where it they is. overdub the animals. <laughs> oh, God. Celebrity voices. And then apparently there's a sequel in San Francisco. And with Delilah. Yep. Delilah is a Kuvaz. Uh, that's a good name for a Kuvaz, Delilah. Yeah. And the scene I saw, the Kuvaz said she was a stray. She was born a stray. 
And I'm like, are there? It's purebred Kavaz born straight. <laughs> yeah, that's a little. <laughs> wonder if there was an attempt to like, let's make this dog popular, but it, be, it was like, I'm a straight. And it, <laughs> what? <laughs> We've never heard of you. Well, you know, they just had to cast the cutest dog, and Kavaz was pretty darn cute. Yeah. When you wake up in the morning and get ready for the day, what's the one thing you're sure you won't miss? Well, according to the National Coffee Association, if you're like 64% of all Americans, you're probably going to have a cup of coffee. Hi, my name is Richard Eisloffel, and I love coffee. I've been drinking it consistently since I was about 15 years old and have worked off and on as a barista for over four years. Though I haven't worked in the coffee field for some time now, I've recently took an interest in knowing more about coffee. Its origins, its history, its chemical makeup, how we get different flavor profiles, and its current cultural status. To do this, I turned to my best friend of over 10 years, Wesley Van Hoosen. Hello there, I'm Wesley. He is probably the most well-read person I know. Books have always been a part of his life, and I know that, like myself, he has a thirst for knowledge. So I asked him one day, Wesley, do you know any good books on coffee? To which he responded, No, actually, none that I've ever found. And I have to say, that took me by surprise. You would think out there, somewhere, is a manuscript detailing everything you need to know about coffee, from how it's made to how it made its way into the fabric of our society. But no, there really isn't. So that's when Wesley and I decided to do it ourselves. Welcome to Coffee's On, where every episode we'll learn something new about the marvelous beverage that is coffee. In this popcorn-style series, we'll use every episode to do a deep dive into some facet of coffee consumption or production. And with every episode, we'll be trying a new brew of coffee, so we can continue to open our palates as well as our minds. In addition, we'll close each episode with a fun fact, myth, or legend about this magical drink. So tune in during your morning routine, daily commute, or afternoon pick-me-up, and we'll tell you all there is to know about the most consumed beverage in America. You can listen to Coffee's On on Spotify or wherever you stream podcasts. From the Arcadia Podcast Network. I found an interview with a Kuvas breeder, Kelly Murray, and she told a great story about how important her Kuvas Ak are. Uh, as livestock guardians. Here's the quote. We do have electric fences for our farm, but even with them, it did not stop a coyote from killing one of our goats when we had brought our two kuvasak into the home after three nights of nonstop barking, and we could not see what they were barking at. We thought they were barking at the wind. Next morning, after Moon left for work, I was doing morning chores and found one dead goat killed by a coyote. Since then, we leave dogs out in the field no matter how much barking they do. We go out to back the dogs up, carrying our shotguns and flashlights, which sometimes scares off any predators. Sometimes does not, but the dogs will carry on barking, which keeps them from gaining entry to our farm. I use earplugs when I really want to sleep. Yeah, they sound like pretty badass guardians. <laughs> yeah, for sure. They sound like they're pretty effective and 
also keenly aware if this is at night and things like that. Yeah. So the coyotes must be determined too. <laughs> yeah. It's constantly trying to come back at night. That's true. Need to be barked at over and over and over. Well, now they've got these two glowy white dogs that guarding help, their Probably helps they glow in the dark. Yeah. They are like kind of luminescent under moonlight. It's yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, they're very white. So now it's onto the cost of Kuvas. A Kuvas puppy from a reputable breeder tends to be about two thousand dollars okay yeah, yeah a little more expensive starting high so. yeah <laughs> <laughs> from like you know the best breeders sure yeah. Ugh, that's steep but yeah. that's also though for a breed that's that low on the list of popularity i suppose that's actually not that bad yeah yeah and it can be a very valuable farm dog so yeah and also just that doesn't uh, there's probably not like as many breeders for kuvas as there are like you know lab retrievers or yeah. something like that so yeah so kuvas is a pretty healthy breed overall probably helps their old older breeds tend to be healthy you know that's huh? a, again a pattern yeah <laughs> the only recommended tests from the national breed club are hip evaluations elbow evaluations and thyroid evaluations yeah pretty common problem areas mm-hmm. they have a lifespan of about 10 to 12 years pretty standard for a large dog yeah now finally just going to talk about owning a kuvas the grooming kuvas have a double coat with guard hair and a fine undercoat weekly brushing should be enough to keep the shedding down and the occasional bath should keep them clean okay pretty basic coat care sure as easy it's going to get for a big fluffy dog yeah so there's no need to go to a groomer for this dog uh, I don't think you need it cut, no. No, okay, it's no, just maybe. fluffy. But... Long nails can cause discomfort, so they need to be trimmed. Uh, yes. Better, professionally, Definitely. usually. Especially the giant dog, very hard to <laughs> trim hey, nails yourself. We always recommend using the nail grinder on uh, on this show, not still gotta, the nail clipper. Still got to get a hold of your dog. but <laughs> Yes, but... It's... If they really hate their paws being touched, it can be hard. Yeah, and that's when you, you know, probably would hire a professional to do it. But at the same time, for just ease of use, it's easier. Plus, you don't run the risk of uh, clipping their nails too short and hurting them because they can feel yes, that. Yeah, yeah there's And they can be there. trimmed, yeah, too sharp. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can become like talons if you use like a pair of old gross nail clippers. So, uh, Kuvasak need a lot of exercise. A fenced in yard is essential. Adequate and controlled exercise is also essential for Kuvas puppies. Keep a consistent routine and make sure they're getting enough exercise in. For sure. Well, they're a big dog, too, so they probably need just the extra extra yeah. space and big places to run. Livestock dogs. So. Yeah. If they're used yeah. to running around and guarding, they need to have a space where they can do that. So. Yeah. So training can be difficult Kuvas, for Kuvas, for beginners, as the breed tends to be intelligent and determined. Training them takes patience. Uh, and repetitive or harsh training methods don't work. Well, yeah. They <laughs> never work with any dog. <laughs> well, in this description, it says they're uh, very sensitive uh, to praise and blame. When you say sensitive to praise, is in like you need to shower them with praise? Or like if it's... They, I'm not sure, yeah, what sensitive being, to praise would mean. But. Do they think you're being fake? <laughs> like, I don't believe you when you say I did a good job. <laughs> Maybe that means you should praise them. And, you know, they're too sensitive to take blame. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> they'll turn against you. You just won't. Sure. Just won't be genuine listen. and real and give them adequate praise. Training them takes patience. Early socialization and training classes are a must for Kuvas puppies. Sure. I assumed that we were going to get to that, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Being a particularly smart, stubborn breed 
be yeah. difficult to train but once you do train them train them right very very lovely dogs yeah totally seems like they're too like when you've mentioned that they're protective of children especially they you know they make great candidates for family dogs if they've been if they're trained well yeah especially yeah, if they grow up with the kids there and that too yeah be very good with children for sure at least children of their family <laughs> protective of them mm-hmm. and that's pretty much all i have on kuvas okay kuvazak kuvazak yeah they're very they're i mean i really like this breed i've always liked this breed since you told me about them when you first started walking splash yeah but gorgeous yeah. dogs oh yeah i think it would definitely be up there with a kind of breed like a big dog breed i actually would want to get yeah, if we get a big backyard they're not they're not like that big they're only like what 26 inches i mean that's about the size of a of a golden yeah, 26 retriever, to 30 right? inches are they a little I bit smaller they're bigger than oh, they're, they're bigger, bigger than golden retrievers okay. well either way i think it'd be cool to have one just because they're they're very nice do they do well with other dogs did you mention that um i i'm not sure actually Didn't, uh, we can google that real as quick. much if raised with other ch- with children and other pets, so they have to. So it'd be a good idea if you want to get a kuvas with another dog, do it while the kuvas is a puppy, and you might already right, have yeah. the other dog. Yeah, that's probably yeah the early socialization classes. Yeah, right. So, that's socialization with other dogs. Yeah, yeah. Don't. So that can be problematic if you're not socialized early, or if you have a kuvas that's older and you get a puppy, that might be a problem as yeah. well. I mean, a, a lot of the things I've seen about the kuvas too says that they're really good once they've been socialized, and if they're you know, superior with socialization. Some dogs do very well with socialization. They can become, you know, like the life of the party when it comes to like other dogs. Like yeah. they're the popular <laughs> one. So you never know. Yeah, that could be a thing too. I really like this breed though. I think we should totally get one when we have a farm. <laughs> Eventually. I want a farm now. <laughs> We're getting a farm. We're getting a farm. But yeah, I definitely love this breed. And I, I just wish i could meet one in person i didn't get to meet splash because you walked her during the pandemic so we were stuck i was stuck at home yeah. the whole time oh yeah i have a photo of kuvas watching watching sheep Ooh. i just thought was cute well Very include these photos watching. in the links for you to <laughs> yeah it's like i must watch you do this don't move <laughs> don't move it's very it's very interested too <laughs> You'd think it'd be looking behind the sheep, but yeah. <laughs> just staring right at him. <laughs> Maybe it thinks a predator might come from the ground. <laughs> Watching for gophers. Well, everyone, it looks like that's it for the Kuvas breed. It's a shorter breed this week, but hey, you know, I'm sure we'll be back with a breed that has a super long history because I will be... <laughs> I'm, I'll find one that has a long history for us next week. But anyways... Okay. Um, a lot more coming this season. Oh, yeah, definitely. We're working in some more specials, too, but we're not going to tell you about those quite yet. So unless did we did we talk about them? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. <laughs> if we did, we did. If we didn't, then you don't know. So. It's a secret forever. But anyways, with that, Dylan, why don't you take us out for this week? Remember to help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed or neutered. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next Wednesday. Wesley Van Hoosen and Dylan Naylor are not pet professionals. Any advice regarding pet ownership and the responsibilities thereof taken from this program should be checked with your veterinarian. All episodes are researched thoroughly, fact-checked, and additionally researched during post-production. Annotated bibliographies of every episode can be found at we'regettingadog.com slash bibliographies. 
This podcast is hosted by Dylan Naylor and Wesley Van Hoosen. If you'd like to reach out or submit a photo of your dog to be featured on our social media, please contact us at WGAD at ArcadiaPodcastNetwork.com or on our Instagram at We're Getting a Dog. Thank you for listening to We're Getting a Dog from the Arcadia Podcast Network.